Coming up on this edition of the Penn State Blitz, what has happened to the Purdue Boilermakers Penn State's opponent this week? We're also going to look at the big month of October, not only for Penn State, but for all of the Big Ten teams. We're going to talk about Penn State's pending matchup with the Michigan Wolverines and maybe what time it's going to start at Beaver Stadium. And then as always, we're going to have another round of the Penn State Mailbag. Okay, Greg, 4-0. Maryland never had a shot against no. this team. It was just That's almost over it. halfway through the game. Didn't even need Micah Parsons. Unbelievable. But let's, let's move forward. It's Penn State and Purdue. And let's talk about what in the world has happened to Jeff Brom's team. You know, a couple months ago, they were maybe a dark horse candidate to do some damage in the Big Ten West. They're 1-3. and three. They've lost arguably two of their best players and the point spread, it just keeps going up and up and up. The four touchdown, uh, Penn State's four touchdown favorites for this noon kick. What do you make of the game? Yeah, I mean, they put the Big Ten Network put the R-rated thing on the Penn State-Maryland <laughs> tape because it wasn't safe for children to watch. Ooh. And they're doing a similar designation for the Purdue injury report at this yeah. point. I mean, you lose Rondell Moore. Okay, maybe you can, in the Big Ten. Right, maybe you can find a way to scheme around that. Yeah, you lose just Elijah Sindelar, the starting quarterback. Maybe the plumber kid is not as I mean, his, yeah. his tape's not terrible. He made some decent throws against Minnesota. John Reed, as you'd probably expect, was very complimentary of him this week. Said that he throws the back shoulder fade as well as some of the any of the quarterbacks he's seen. Of course, I don't know if that's going to matter in this matchup. But we can talk more about that later. The big thing to me is you lose both of those guys yeah. on the same play in the same week, and now you have to go on the road. Uh, this was a game before the season where it seemed like this could be Penn State's first big test, and now it looks like another opportunity where you can get an early lead and then sit guys, you know, maybe in the second half and rest them up for this very <laughs> daunting stretch to come. So uh, I make this one a lot different than what I would have made yeah, of it, you right. know, even two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, but when you lose those two guys, it's really, really difficult to overcome that. And I think if you're a, a Purdue fan, I think you could look at the schedule and look at what's happened and say, this is a team that's one and three, but if the breaks go their way, they could be three and one. Sure. They were up 14 at Nevada. Uh, in their season opener, and they just they just kind of folded their tents. They turned the ball over late. They mm-hmm. lost thirty four thirty one. I think the I think that kid kicked a ninety yard field goal to beat him. <laughs> plenty of plenty of leg. It wasn't ninety yards, but it was it was a big kick. I think they put him on scholarship. That's how big of a kick it was. Right afterwards, mm-hmm. and then if if Sindelar and Moore don't get hurt against Minnesota, I think you could make a case maybe they win that game. They only lost thirty eight thirty one. It was a lot more lopsided, and, and they kind of caught up to him late. But, you know, Rondale Moore has that kind of an impact on a game. It's not just he's the you know best player, best receiver in the Big Ten and an All-American, also a big weapon uh, on special teams. So that's, that's right. a huge loss, and it's unfortunate. I think even Penn State fans and the players, you know, when, when you know that you got a team this shorthanded and you know that it's really going to take a lot for this to, to be a game, I think they wanted to see maybe Rondale Moore. I think they wanted to see Sindelar. I think they wanted to be tested to kind of see where they're at because of what's coming, you know, down the road. This is almost becoming like a game that's similar to maybe Buffalo or even Idaho if it gets if it gets away for Purdue. And I'm not sure at this point if that's maybe what James Franklin wants. Yeah, I think that you wanted a game that would test you a little bit, put some playmakers on the field that are some of the best, uh, you know, in the in the conference yeah. and. You know, get a little bit more of a feel of what you're made for. I believe they're starting a few new corners as well for a defense that actually does have a pretty good pass rush. So I mm. think 
if most of uh, Penn State's units maybe won't be tested at the level they're going to be in a few weeks, yeah. I think the offensive line might be. So maybe you can take something from that. They obviously come off their best performance of the season in that Maryland win. So we'll see. But, yeah, this game definitely went from one that mm-hmm. maybe uh, would have been appointment viewing for some folks in the yeah. new window to one that, again, should, should probably be over pretty quickly. I think everyone's going to enjoy the 100th homecoming in Penn State history. You kick you know, all- we say all this, so it'll be 14 10 at halftime and that's how this tends to go the key is as long as the fan base can get to the game along with neil rudell of the altoona mirror if everyone can get to the game on time i think everyone's going to be happy it'll be a fun day um but let's just talk let's look about the big 10 in general um it's a big month for the conference not necessarily this week for penn state but there's a big game i think ohio state and michigan state are getting ready to play and let's talk a little bit about what the lions are staring at once they get past the purdue game they got to go to Iowa. Mm-hmm. Tough game. Iowa, I believe, has Michigan this week. Yep. Um, and then they're going to have to deal with Michigan. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, and also, they got to go to Michigan State. So this is going to be a defining stretch for Penn State. Everyone's probably already excited about the Ohio State game in Columbus, but that's late in the season. They have to get to the point where it's got a lot of ramifications, and this is going to be a tough month. Yeah, this is basically going to tell us everything I think we need to know about where this team is going to go, not only in November, well before it plays Ohio State, but also the rest of the season. I mean, you look at the trip to Iowa, the trip to East Lansing, you know, they beat Iowa out there on a walk-off. I don't want to call it a miracle, but it was a Close. it was a Trace McSorley like drive. I guess is how I would put it. And he throws the touchdown two to Juwan right? Johnson, or yeah, two years ago, Juwan Johnson in the back of the end zone. His time expired. So East Lansing's been a little bit more of a house of horrors. That crazy weather delay. Yeah, some other things have gone on out there. It's not a terribly easy place to play. I don't say I don't think it's harder than Kinnick to play in, especially at night. Yeah. Penn State draws the 630 local start out there, 730 Eastern in two weeks. So they'll have that experience to deal with. But yeah, I mean, this is a defining stretch. There's no question. This will tell us really how the pecking order in the Big Ten shakes out. So I think at this point, even though I didn't think Wisconsin was great against yeah. uh, against Northwestern, mm-hmm. they found a way to win that game. They've looked pretty good in a lot of instances. I think Ohio State clearly is the front runner in the Big Ten. Yeah, that was that was pretty messy in Lincoln. Yeah. As somebody who's kind of been a fan of the Nebraska program, I, I had to look away. It was almost like watching Penn State in Maryland. Yeah, it was almost exactly like that. So I think those two are your front runners yeah. at this point. But this stretch here coming up, Iowa at Michigan, Penn State at Iowa, Michigan at Penn State will tell us a lot about where uh, the Big Ten race is heading. And then Michigan State, you know, they have looked maybe a little bit better than expected as well. And, and, you know, Penn State has to start winning some games on the road like that in the James Franklin era if it wants to get back to the Big Ten Conference title game and beyond. Yeah, and I, I know that I said this before, and I'm getting ahead of myself, but that's what I do. I like to do it. Penn State's off to a, a really great start. Um, I think just looking at the Michigan and Maryland games on paper – I think things have changed, and I think these are winnable games for Penn State, especially the home game against Michigan. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in a couple of minutes. But, you know, this is year six for James Franklin. The record is what it is against Michigan, Michigan State, and Ohio State. Three wins, 12 losses. Now, they've, they've lost some very close games, some heartbreaking games, but I just don't, I don't think they can afford to come out of this year you know, one and two or zero oh and three against those teams. It, it just, you know, at some point you got to beat these teams. If you want to be taken seriously in the big 10 East, I think they can do it this year. They still got to win the games, Greg. And speaking of the teams in the big 10 East, they have to beat. There was a nice little uh, exchange on James Franklin's mm-hmm. Tuesday news conference about 
it started out innocently enough. You know, you know, what about the whiteout game against Michigan? It's coming up in a couple of weeks. There's a lot of there's a lot of rumors that it could be a night game, but they could also put it you know on during the day. James Franklin was asked about it. He was, I think, half joking, half serious. He said, earlier the better if they wanted to play it at 11 a.m. He'd be great with it. But I think he would also be very fine with a noon start. How do you see this maybe shaking out? Anything you can share with us about what it might be? Well, so we've heard the rumors now on social media and elsewhere for a better part of a month, I think, that Fox might take this game for its big game at noon Mm -hmm. that it's doing this year. It doesn't seem like the ratings for that have really taken off, though. So keep that in mind. That could always play a role. but. Uh, they obviously also had Michigan getting toasted by, uh, help me out here, Wisconsin in the big game at noon a couple weeks ago. If Michigan, well, you, had a, you had a strong opinion in that game, did you uh, not? Uh, yeah, I liked That Michigan. was the game where you thought Michigan was going to woodshed them, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and uh, that turned out to be incredibly incorrect. So, But, you know, if Michigan loses to Iowa this week, yeah. Uh, is Fox going to want that game? You know, I don't know. And we don't know either if it's their pick to be first um, that particular week. So. Yeah. I guess the long and short of it is this. If Penn State, Michigan is going to be a night game, that has to be announced either the Sunday after the Penn State uh, Purdue game or the Monday after. If it's going to be a noon or a 3.30 or a 4.30, mm-hmm. they can wait to announce it uh, to, until the Sunday after the Iowa game. So basically, if uh, you know if the noon fears are going to come true, you can really start to worry if nothing comes out by Tuesday right. of Iowa week. If it does come out, well, then it'll be a night game, which I think a lot of fans are, are hoping for. But I think the networks, no matter whose pick it is, Bob, want to see what Penn State right. does this week. And obviously the matchups change significantly, but I think they want to see what Michigan does, too. Yeah, because if they find a way to lose to Iowa at home. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not sure how appealing of a draw that's going to be that you know quote-unquote big game at noon for fox if it's even their pick first so you threw a lot of scenarios out there let me just try and streamline this if penn state has not learned about the starting time by monday night this coming monday night that's right it's going to be a daylight game correct so that's basically they want so if you want the nighttime whiteout if you don't if you don't hear a decision by monday you're going to be disappointed is that is that basically what you're telling us almost always monday lunchtime so Keep an eye out. Monday, for that. That's very specific. Monday at lunch, you better know the starting time. They better have an announcement, or it's going to be a day game, a day game whiteout. Has that ever? They've had. There's been before? a couple. Okay. Yeah, there's been a couple. Uh, so but we're going to have many. We're going to have to. We're going to have to keep a close eye on this, closer than usual, and we will promise. But uh, let's move this forward. We're three quarters of the way through this thing, so that means there's only one last thing to do. Mm-hmm. And it's time for the Penn State mailbag. I hope you've been busy collecting comments and questions. And I'm sure there's some things maybe you want to tell our audience about Penn State podcasts and maybe how to subscribe and all, right. that, all that good stuff. I'm so, so I'm just I'm, I'm just going to turn it all over to you. All right. Let's start out with that. If you're watching the video, as you always could, it's YouTube.com slash Penn State All Access. If you're looking for the podcast audio, uh, mm-hmm. wherever you find it, you can find it every Thursday on Apple, Spotify, Switcher, our site, PennLive.com slash Penn State Football. Remember to like, rate, subscribe, do whatever you do. Leave a comment. Tell us how much you enjoy it, dislike it, whatever. We accept all Speci- feedback. And specifically, we're I'm looking for feedback about Greg's selections. I feel like <laughs> I feel like they haven't been great so far. But if you really follow it closely, there's a way to make some money off of this. But yeah, so let's jump into the mailbag. And Bob, I think maybe two weeks ago at this time, 
We'd have been interested to see how Penn State's corners could cover Rondell Moore and right. stop this right. passing attack because they, I mean, I know Kenny Pickett threw 52 times and had a halfway decent game, but, you know, this was maybe a chance for a team to come to Beaver Stadium and threaten them mm-hmm. in the air. I don't know if that's the case anymore. So, right. what jumps to the top of your matchups to watch list now? Yeah. Um, the, uh, the, the backup quarterback whose name for the moment escapes me. Plummer. Plummer. It looked like he was doing a lot of underneath throwing in that game. If he had a lot of completions, not a lot of yards. I think he was working probably Michigan was probably playing a little bit of a soft defense with a big lead and they were lo- allowing some him Minnesota, some completions. Yeah. I'm sorry, Minnesota, uh, some completions underneath. So I, I just don't know, you know, what they're going to try and do to try and test Penn State secondary. I think it would be more of the same. I know that they weren't playing a great passing game uh, when they faced Maryland. But I really thought that the play, one of the key plays in that game, uh, Jan Johnson made a great play. But Tariq Castro-Fields, that the red zone interception when it was still kind of a little bit of a game, right. he did a nice job coming off where he originally was, kept his eyes on Josh Jackson, the quarterback, and, and just made a really nice play on the ball. And that really was kind of the end of the game. I mean, that was their best and only chance. I thought he played pretty well. Um, I don't know if we're going to get a, a, a good read on on the secondary on, on the Purdue game, it could be a situation where Penn State gets up early again and they're going to they're going to probably not play as aggressive and give them some com- completions underneath. Um, really, you know, I, I'm, I'm curious to see how they're going to do at Iowa. That quarterback runs a little bit hot and cold. The Stanley kid, mostly cold against That's Penn State. I will say. have more to say about that during game week because he's not been good at all. And the Michigan State game will work. He has gotten them, believe it or not. The last two games, he's made huge plays in the fourth quarter to beat them. I think that's when we're going to know about the secondary. I, I think that's I think that's going to be if, if they can make some plays in those games. I think that's going to bode well for what's coming later in the year. And by later in the year, I mean Ohio State. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, moving on with our mailbag questions this week. Uh, you look at this stretch coming for Penn State, and again, it was we've hit on a few times now. It's at it's home with Purdue. At Iowa versus Michigan at Beaver Stadium at Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Throw Purdue out, I think, at this point. Yeah. What's the game that should worry Penn State fans the most heading into this stretch yeah. in terms of not just where the game is, but style-wise after we've seen the first yeah. you know month of games and anything else? It's Iowa for me only because uh, Iowa has taken Penn State to, to the limit the last two years. I mean, they, they almost had Penn State beat two years ago in Iowa City. It took a phenomenal Penn State march in the last minute and a fourth and seven throw right. in a very tight window to win that game. They had them in trouble last year at State College. I just think that one to me looks like it's going to be a problem. They, I was pretty strong along the line of scrimmage. They have two very good offensive tackles. They have that pass rusher, AJ Epineza, I yes. believe is his name, yep. who is is looking like a first-round pick, even more so than Etor Gross Matos. If the quarterback can make any plays, I think Penn State's it's going to be a 60-minute game. That, to me, is the game that probably um, is, is going to be a tough one. Um, in, what's in Penn State's favor is I was going to have to come off a game against Michigan in Ann Arbor, and that's, that's going to be a physical game, win or lose. So I think, I think Penn State will be a little bit more fresh for that game, whereas Iowa probably will be extended by the Wolverines. I still think the Iowa game is going to be tough. I picked Penn State to lose that game. Uh, in the preseason. And as of right now, I'm not prepared to move off that pick. All right, there you go. One bit of recruiting news quick. Keandre Lambert, the four-star receiver from Norfolk, Virginia. He announced his decision on Friday. Virginia Tech, North Carolina, Penn State are the finalists. Right now, it looks like the Lions are leading to land his commitment. So there could be some more good news for James Franklin's program this weekend. But 
Speaking of good news, Bob, it's time to move on. We're going to wrap up the Blitz if you're watching the video. If you're listening to the podcast, remember, like, rate, subscribe. Uh, we'll be right back with picks and predictions. If you're watching on YouTube.com slash All Penn State, you can find the picks and predictions video there. And uh, we'll keep rolling along. Maybe have an extra pick or two this week. Who knows? Greg, that was a flawless outro. Not an intro. That was a flawless outro. K- kudos to you, sir. Okay, Greg, moving along here on the Penn State Blitz podcast, your favorite. It's your favorite segment. I think it's a fan favorite now. I don't know about that. We're going to make some Penn State picks here on the Purdue game, but also you're going to get some bonus picks and leave yourself open to ridicule. I don't know. I'm hoping you can redeem yourself. It's been a little bit of a slow start. Let's just start with Penn State. The line, I think, as we talk about it, 28 and a half, 28 and a half. The to- what's the total? 105? I can't even. But at this point, it's after in last the 50s. Week. It's in the 50s. I mean, the total seems to move so much on these college yep. games that it's. I, look, if you're interested, but I would say it's mid 50s, probably 54, 56 right now as we record this. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I look at this game. Keep in mind, in August, when FanDuel was approved for legalized sports betting in Pennsylvania, sure. it listed a line for every Penn State game at that point. Mm-hmm. And it had Penn State as a 10.5 point favorite against Purdue. Mm-hmm. That line moved up to 14.5 by Friday night uh, after Penn State's win. By the time Elijah Sindelar and Rondell Moore uh, went out on the same play, it jumped to 21 and it moved to 24.5. Then when Jeff Brom came out and said both would miss the game, yeah. it went to 28 and a half. Clearly odds makers, you know, thought Purdue could make it a game with their two starting mm-hmm. uh, stars, if you will. And now they just don't see yeah. much of a chance for the Boilermakers to come into Beaver Stadium and, and win this game or even really keep it competitive. And, you know, as long as Penn State shows up for this game, which <laughs> it's you, I don't feel James Franklin's been good at avoiding look ahead spots. Yes. And if you're ever going to have one, this is it off a Friday night game mm-hmm. uh, where you had a bye week to prepare for it and mm-hmm. you did everything right. If there was ever a look ahead spot and a letdown spot, this would be it. Uh, James Franklin's been good at avoiding those, though. I think that has come through in a lot of instances like this. Mm-hmm. So I, I think Penn State, as long as it gets off the bus and the offensive line keeps produced front, you're going to pick this check. game, right? Uh, yes. Okay. I'm stretching out my thoughts, Bob. I have it. Penn State forty, <laughs> Purdue ten. <laughs> forty to ten. Yes. Cover. Forty nine seven. I'm going to go Penn State. I think they might actually threaten a shutout. I don't know. I, I see them getting up early in this game, and it's just going to be Dinkin and Duncan. It's Purdue going to try and salvage something in the second half. They're just too deep. They're too fast. I agree with you 100% that James is really good at keeping this team focused on the week at hand. Um, he's been doing it. We, we, we You know, in 2017, know, Bob. Yeah, we, we kind of made fun of him a little bit, but it, the team has bought into this approach. I don't, I don't, I don't think that they're going to look past this game to Iowa. Iowa is a big game. I'm going to say 49, seven, um, I don't think I don't really have a bold prediction for this game. I'm a little curious to see. Well, you better find some by Friday morning. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, fair, fair. You have to check the Penn Live site for that. Uh, I'm a little curious about Shorter. Uh, see, he t- he took a nasty hit in the Maryland game, <clears throat> uh, a targeting yep. hit. He left the he left the field. I'd like. To, hopefully, he'll be he'll be back. I think the passing game could use him. But yeah, 49-7. It, it feels like this is a the number can't be too high to pick Penn State. Um, I doubt that they're going to start slow. <clears throat> so hopefully, and also we have to, I do feel like we have to say we were pretty, pretty wrong on the right. Maryland game. I thought it was going to be super close. I think I picked it 
something like 27, 23. So mm-hmm. I missed it by that much. Right. You, you were a little bit more confident in Penn state, but I had a 10 we're, point victory. We're going to try, 50. we're going to try and do better. Sure. Hopefully we'll get started against Purdue. Um, but now let's get to your, your bonus picks. Well, first of all, so remember to subscribe. If you're watching <laughs> on YouTube, youtube.com slash all Penn state, if you're listening to the podcast. It comes out every Thursday morning. Uh, you can find it on iTunes, switcher, no, Stitcher. I'm Stitcher. Sorry. I, hope, uh, I, Google, wish there, I wish there was a Switcher. I would definitely subscribe there to There is. It's a different program for a different uh, thing that we do. I don't think but, we're talking about podcasts, but go ahead. No. Um, hey, a couple bonus picks. Uh, <laughs> we talked about this one uh, Tuesday, Bob. Okay. Uh, and I know that people have varying opinions on teasing college football games, but <laughs> tease up the Iowa total of 53 yep. and the Hawkeyes up to 10 and a half. I think it's a tremendous bet. Um, so you're getting has, Iowa and ten and a half, and you're saying the total will be under fifty three and a half. Correct. Okay. And I, I just don't say that you're right. That game has ten nine written all over it. Um, the other one I like Rutgers plus thirteen, and I think I might even look for a money line. Uh, they fire their coach. Maryland could be without its starting quarterback. A couple other uh, standouts. <laughs> this is know. the second like... time you pick a Rutgers game. <laughs> I know. I don't know what that says about me. What is but... wrong with you? Uh, and then the other one, Auburn to go into the swamp and beat Florida. Well, what's the line on the game? Two and a half. Okay. Line is two and a half for Auburn. Okay. So they are favored to win that game, but I like that one a lot too. So I will either be uh, panhandling somewhere uh, this time next week, or we'll be back here discussing all the uh, the riches. We'll of, see your boss about a, like a little, maybe a little extension or a raise in case you'd like just, just completely off the mark again. I don't know. You guys have been warned about some of his picks. You could go with him or against him. Just do it all in, whichever you do. 49-7 Penn State, 40 to 10 Penn State. Yep. All right, let's see how we let's see how we finish this Purdue week off. I think we're due. One of us is going to be really close to the final score. I feel that way pretty strongly. 